Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hey, so good to be here with you and on Valentine's Day, no less. I figured we needed, must, absolutely should, and I wanted to talk about love because I think today can be a great day and it can also be one of those days that you just wish you didn't know about. (laughs) And no matter where you are on the spectrum, I think what's really interesting is actually how we perceive love overall, the different types of love that exist and how we relate to giving ourselves love. So I just want to get into love, 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 especially if you're not feeling the love, you're not feeling the mood today, uh, and and if it feels like it's challenging to love even yourself, parts of yourself. I mean, who the hell doesn't struggle with loving parts of ourselves like we just it's hard sometimes right especially if there's a lazy part of you and the procrastinator and the angry part and the selfish part and we're told those things are not okay and so we have all these perceptions man right Mm. so before we dive into all the different kinds of love and we're going to look into them from a bit of a greek perspective, if you will, which would be interesting, the eight types of love. Before we do that, I would just like to thank you for being here, for supporting this show. However you do, even by listening, you are supporting me to continue doing this work. So thank you for being here. Please do share it with somebody, just one person. It's amazing how this show has grown simply by people saying, hey, I listened to this one episode. It's cool. Check it out. Like that's that's all it really takes and that's fascinating to me so please if there's an episode maybe it's not this one but another one that resonates with you please do share it like this show review subscribe you can give it stars on spotify pretty much anywhere you're listening to this there's a way to sort of say yes i'm gaining value from this and any form of you doing that means the world to me so thanks for listening thanks for being here and let's get into the eight types of love. So, alright. There is philia, feeling part of a team or group. Storage, family love, relations or very close friends. Ludus, play, fun, exciting love. Oh, that is like, that can be, at least my definition for me, that could be like The Kid in You, which we'll talk about next week, which is really exciting. Such a cool episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Um, Or Exciting Love, so those first stages, I guess, of... Or maybe even, like, with your pet. I feel like Ludus could be also with a pet. That's at least how I see it. Um, Mania, so Obsessive Love, that is, like, border on creepy. Um, Pragma love that endures being there that's sort of like you know I guess I guess maybe of a place even I mean sure long standing relationships and things but somehow also like love of your country or love of like a a certain place that really endures it stands the test of time philautia could be saying that incorrectly philautia self love being kind to self. 
And this one, my friends, is where we really need to focus because, to me, this one is the gateway to all the other ones. <laughs> because, I mean, Valentine's Day and the whole thing, it's just like, so what? Even if... Oh, anyway, okay. I'm going to hold off. I want to go through all of them so that you have them. And then we can <laughs> get super passionate about this. Um, agape, which is a, a very lovely word. I actually learned this one from a mentor of mine, Tom Kosnick, who is just such a brilliant man. Beyond business, just loving husband, amazing supporter of women in startups and people, his students, brilliant professor, just amazing human. Agape is the love of humanity and contributing, and that man definitely embodies agape to me. So brilliant, brilliant person that I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to learn from and collaborate with while working on Chiefly. So agape and then eros, romantic or sexual love. And I think what happens is we really, really want that eros, right? We really like, especially today, it's like, damn, I want that relationship. That's the one that we're highlighting. But where are the other days of the year where we highlight these other ones, right? Like, where's Storage Day or Ludus Day or Mania? Well, I don't know if you want to highlight Mania, do we? Maybe. Maybe a bit of Mania is good when you, like, really... When you start out a project or when you're trying to get ahead with something and you really kind of get, to some degree, obsessed because it's just all-encompassing and you kind of go into that frenzy mode because you're trying to figure something out. Um, pragma interesting pragmatic think of the word uh philaltia and agape so we've got these eight and today is supposed to be about arrows the romantic or sexual but let's just break it down life overall is what well it's a series of mountains we talk about this next week's episode too i talk about this in my book everybody i feel like in the self-development world talks about the hero's journey joseph campbell's work i've talked about it before probably going to come uh, come up again because we are facing a series of events in our lives and we set up these different mountains and I'm actually reading this book by Brian Houston who is the pastor of Hillsong Church it's another interesting book it's called Live Lead Love and in that he has this visual of mountains and I definitely got a good sense in Switzerland living there um, they are tall and thinking about going all the way up a mountain can feel like a big deal. And that's sometimes how romantic or sexual relationships feel. It's, it feels like this huge mountain because you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Or maybe you have, you're dating a bunch of people and then you feel really scattered and your energy's kind of all over and you don't... People are all different. And so, do I have to commit? Which one? Like, all the questions. Which one do I choose? How do they make me feel? How do I want to feel? How do I make them feel? Is this long-term? What are we doing? What's our intention? Are we monogamous? Like... Do we want kids? Do we not want... Like, they're all the questions. How do we want to retire? How do we want to live together now that we're not working anymore? Like, what do we want? Do we have the same values? There's so many questions when we get in such close proximity with another human that we feel as though we're in union and in oneness with that person. And that's really, I think, sometimes where the lines get blurred and sometimes we're um, harnessing a little bit more of philautia, that philautia. Hmm, gonna have to figure out how to say that in a way that sounds right. Self-love. I think when we talk about self-love, 
we really got to give ourselves a dose of that before we go out and try to give it, you know, give it to Eros, like give it to that other person and cultivate that romantic or sexual because we're asking that other person to really come in and unify with us. I mean, that's the idea of marriage, at least from a traditional religious and I suppose spiritual sense as well. It's like this unity and that's what happens when you have sex is that you're unifying your bodies in order to unify as one being in that one moment in time and it's beautiful. But it's so not everything. And sometimes I think it can change and turn into mania, right? Where we become obsessive about the love that we have for this person. And most of the time, let's be real, we don't actually love the person. Not really, not who they are. We love who we (laughs) built them up to be. We love who we think they are. We love who we say they are. And I can be the first one to admit that I've been in relationships where... I knew the person before or I knew them in a different context. I believed they were all these things. We got into a romantic relationship. The actions, the words were not lining up with what I said this person was. And that's not on them. Maybe a bit in terms of being respectful and faithful and those types of things. But I mean, it's on me for not living in the real world. I was in a place where I was assuming that my vision of the person was the person. And that was so misguided. And I think we do that a lot with Eros. A lot. And back to my vision or my visualization that we got going here about mountains. It's like the book Live, Lead, Love with from Brian Houston. He talks about going up a mountain and really the, all that you need to do because you won't know what the journey up the mountain will be like. And once you get up to the top of the mountain, there's going to be another mountain. This totally reminds me of that Miley Cyrus song. I've got to figure out what song that is. Where she's like talking about climbing up the mountain. And anyway... So you're going up these mountains. Once you reach the top, you're not done, right? There's always another mountain. And that's the same thing that we see with these societal expectations. Maybe you have familial expectations. You're supposed to be married. Then you're supposed to have kids. Then you're supposed to have a certain house. Then you're supposed to be a certain way. You better lose the baby weight. You better look like this. You better have this car. You better, better, better. You know what? (laughs) It's like there's always another mountain. And maybe it's not from anyone else. Maybe you're putting that pressure on yourself because you should be at some place at this point in arbitrary time of your life. And yes, there I want to address that there are physical limitations. There are biological limitations to what the female body can do and when it can do it. Baby making is a timely matter when it comes to the biology, the way our physiology, the way that our bodies work. There's a timeline. Yes, it's real. And feeling that biological clock can also be very real but there's a lot that can be done to enhance prolong fertility there are a lot of environmental factors epigenetics is said to account for 80 to 90 percent of what happens with your body 10 to 20 percent has to do with just pure genetics like your environment turns on specific genes so there's a lot that can be done here people and all to say that yes there are some environmental external factors or physical limitations that we have placed on us but the reality of the situation is we got a lot of mountains to climb and we don't know exactly how climbing each of them is gonna go and would you want to know like would you want to know who you're gonna marry and how and how it's gonna be all the way up until the day you die i don't think that's what we signed up for that wouldn't be any fun Like, we might want that sometimes with some things, like the fortune telling, right? Where we kind of like, oh, I want to know exactly how this relationship works out. I want it to work out in my favor. This is what exactly would be in my favor. And I think sometimes 
there's this distinction between goal setting and being rigid as to how things evolve. And I think the two are very separate. In next week's episode, we'll talk a little bit about goals and what I think good goal setting is from an interesting book that I've read. And all to say that if you're sitting here going, it's Valentine's Day, my husband or my wife or my partner is not living up to my expectations because I wanted this, this or that. I don't have a partner because I can't find somebody. I don't want to find somebody. They're not. I keep finding the wrong person. All the things that are preventing you. I think what we need to do on this day is just, and I'll share this visual because I like this picture. I think it's directing our energy toward principally Falautia, Falautia. I'm going to figure out how to say that word. Self-love being kind to self and we hear this right and it's so actually annoying <laughs> it's annoying i'm saying it out loud and i'm like oh that's annoying because you want it to be the other person you want it to be external you want that to come from someone else don't make me do it i want the other person i want the flowers delivered to my door or i want the dinner or i want the cozy night in i want the cuddling i want the physical intimacy like don't ask me to do it myself and yet if you won't do it for yourself are you sure somebody else? I mean, they might do it, but what are their intentions? How long are they going to do it for? Are they going to do it exactly as you want? Oftentimes, no. And again, having those check marks, having the check mark of marriage, having the check mark of a kid or of a certain house or of a certain car or of a certain ring and a certain, like, yeah, it might seem nice on Instagram, but we're all well aware that that does not necessarily correlate to the fulfillment and the true enduring love pragma that being there over time cultivating in the ups and downs will really bring us and i think that's the question we should be asking of ourselves in the eros and the more romantic sexual relationships is do i want to go up the mountains of life with this person do i want to hike up the mountains of life with this person and yeah maybe go hiking on a date who knows <laughs> i mean maybe that'll help but it's more than just the physical. I, I mean, you know, spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, with intimacy. Like, do you want to climb the challenges of what's ahead in your life with this person? And if every step along the way is torturous, you know, if there's fighting and arguing, I think it's really cause for at least pause, if not complete reversal of what it is you're doing and the path you're going down. Because there can be fulfillment even in the valleys and yes the romantic sexual love is exciting especially initially but does this person exemplify philia feeling part of a team or group that do they have a group of friends or their work colleagues or their do you see them exhibiting philia do you see them exhibiting storage family love close friends are they a part of their community with philia are they a part of their family with storage how do they relate ludus play fun exciting love what about ludus what about play maybe they don't have a pet but how do they play what's their idea of fun how do they what's exciting love to them what is it that they think is like a magical fairy tale love and exciting mania are they exhibiting signs of mania what are they manic about Ooh, that could be treacherous territory because we're not trying to apply labels to people are we but okay mania 
Like, what are they obsessed about? What do they really want to figure out? What is it like they won't let it go? I think everybody's got some things at least, right? Where it's like super, super diligent about nutrition or what they read or the clothes they wear or their work. What kind of work do they do? Like, what are they obsessed about? Where do they spend all their time? And I think if we take a look at the different ways that somebody exhibits all the aspects of love in their life, it'll give us a broader picture, actually, of what we can expect from them. Agape. Do they have a love of humanity and contributing? Or are they cynical and hardened and closed off? And is humanity awful and everybody's evil and out to get them? Or do they exhibit open-heartedness toward everyone? Learning, at least. Agape. Philautia. Do they love themselves and do they show it to themselves? Are they kind to themselves? Are they constantly beating themselves up? And what about you? (laughs) What about me? What about, you know, we sit there and we point the finger. So easy and gratifying sometimes. It just feels like, yeah, see, I figured it out. Like, I know your shortcomings. It's like, oh, yeah? Well, (laughs) what about your own? Point that finger back to you. Not to make yourself feel shitty but to be curious in a way that actually leads to something fruitful which can be potentially the expansion of who you are how you show up in the world and pragma love that endures where is this person's enduring love where's your enduring love what is the love that endures for you where where do you show up with that pragma in your life what has endured the peaks and valleys for you your long-term best interests. Because as we see, right, Eros turns into pragma as you grow into that respecting, cherishing, like grandparents kind of love where they've been together for 40 years and they might bicker a bit, but it's like, I got you, right? We want that. So I think when we look at the different kinds of love on this day of love, Maybe we're putting too much focus on arrows. Maybe too much on on pragma, on making a love endure that is actually ludus, play, fun, and exciting. Maybe we really are wanting philia. To feel like a part of a team or a group. And we're projecting that onto arrows, our romantic or sexual love. See, our hearts are so big, I think, and we can love in so many different ways that, well, it's a bit sad if we don't, isn't it? And I know that today is just filled with the reminder that there's one kind of love, but I would just hope to hope to remind you here and give you a different perspective here to say, if you're showing up in love, with love, with a loving spirit, in seven of the eight types of love that we talked about today, I have a very good feeling that that eighth one is around the corner. I want to thank you so much for going on this journey around the eight types of love with me and being here and listening to this show. If you liked it, please do share, subscribe, review pass it off to somebody else that might love it so that we can impact more people and 
remind communities that love shows up in many different ways and that I think we all we all do have the capacity to to love and be loved if we let it in in not just mysterious ways but perhaps unexpected ways so thanks for climbing this this mountain with me and uh I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon.